0: Welcome back to the Excellence Cartel. Today, the three amigos, other known as Tripod by Thera, is joined by guest Jamie Pender, who's a women's physique pro and is beyond educated and has tons of credentials and everything. It's going to be a great conversation we're going to have with you all today. In fact, I'm going to open it up with her because I've never opened it up with a guest before. So Jamie, how's your last seven days been? That's kind of like our little routine we run through with us guys.
1: Uh it's been good. I've been really busy. Uh signed on a couple new clients in the last seven days. Um some yeah, some great updates from uh a lot of competitors that are now in contest prep. So excited about seeing them come down and starting the shred. And uh myself, I have been struggling a little bit with uh my gallbladder. So Ooh. Yeah, it's it's been a struggle for like the last five years, and I am implemented a couple of protocols that I used about five years ago and starting to work, but uh, you know, it's taken a little bit of time, so digestion's been a little bit off and a little slow, which kind of sets off training and uh, eating and sleeping too, so a little struggle there, but life is good otherwise. I'm happy to be here with you guys.
0: Oh, We're glad to have you. Glad to have you. Uh, anything like random or exciting in the past seven days that would just like be interesting to share? Sue has Uh, all these all the time. So I figured out. Random
1: and exciting. Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, no, not anything really random and exciting. I mean, I, I just started training with a new training partner. So, uh, she's actually one of my clients here in Charlotte and she's one of those girls that you just look at and she's got that natural potential. Mm -hmm. And so I just figured I needed someone to kind of commit me to getting to the gym more often Um, because with like a new influx of clients, I kept on just kind of working through my workouts. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of decided to start training with her so I could have some of my own accountability and have a reason to actually commit and be at the gym, you know, five days a week now. So it's been good training with her. It's, uh, it's different. I haven't been doing any one-on-one training in a long time. So to, you know, kind of have a partner and be able to push someone, have someone push me back. Um, it's nice. It's a, it's a nice change.
0: Perfect. That's awesome. I have yeah. a real team, so I understand yeah. that. Sue, how's things been with you man how's the weather up there and
2: what is good what is good i've been i've been driving with the windows down you know it's like 72 degrees today the
0: bronco or the or
2: the m4 the m4 and i have to i have to get new summer tires for the m4 because i wore the old ones down i only i only had one season with them and i was driving do uh, you drive
0: yours
3: when it rains i don't drive mine when it rains
2: no, I drive it when I Yeah, when rains, yeah I, I still drive it.
3: Dude, once yeah. I get the thing clean, I don't want to drive it. I just get in the infinity.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, get, it gets dirty. I have it in the garage, so when the weather's really nasty, I'll keep it in there. But I take it out. I like it. Um, you know, Jeff, like I was telling you guys before we started recording, you know, things have been extremely busy. Um, signed like 15 people in the last like week and a half. I still have like five plans I'm sitting on. I have to get out by the end of this week. Um, I had my team meet up. Um, I, I do these like little, like local meetups for clients that are living in the central Massachusetts area where I reside. And we all just kind of get together at the gym I train at. We all just, all just work out. So we had a pretty good turnout. That was on Sunday. Um, and yeah, it's just been a whirlwind since. So I can't complain though. You It's know, good, uh, man. What the, uh, the, the first quarter of the year is usually like. So yeah,
0: dude, that's awesome. Congratulations, yeah. for you. I know you work hard. I know you work seven days a week to make that happen. I so,
2: do. I do. Yeah.
0: That's why I laugh. People think, you know, they hear a coach like, what do you do? Just hang out at the gym all day. I'm like, you have no fucking- mm-hmm. No clue. Those emails are there when I get up at 2 30 in the morning, yep. just as much as there yep. to bed at 7 o'clock at night. The text uh, oh, oh Jeff,
2: I do have a funny story for you. And i oh,
0: I love my funny yeah. stories.
2: So Go the ahead. other day, okay, I made, so, so there's this guy that, used to be at the gym that I, I worked out of. And you guys know the story, um, you know, the people who follow this podcast know the story about how I left that gym because I, I disagreed with the management there. Right. Right. And so there was a guy there that worked with one of the trainers who absolutely despised me. And, um, you know, we never talked, we were on good terms, nothing. Okay. So out of the blue, he hits me up and asks me for some super supplements <laughs> and I, I, delete, I delete his message. Like he, he uh, DM'd me on uh, Facebook. Yeah. I read it. He saw that I read it, and I just, you know, you swipe left. Yep. And, and so, I, you know, I was like, you know, this happens like every now and then. So I made a post about it. You guys may have seen it. And I said, "Do not ask me for drugs. That's Don't all ask it. Me for drugs, it's illegal to take drugs. And I'd probably just give you little bottles of olive oil and Pez in Ziploc bags." <laughs> and like people loved it like i think john meadow's even liked it <laughs> so so then this guy sees the post and he comments on it he's like you're such a little drama bitch like you know <laughs> nice. oh my God. Like, he's like is this about like me asking you for proviron <laughs> and i was like and I, so I didn't respond he was like right. this is why you got booted from the gym blah, 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 blah all this stuff And then he blocked me. (laughs) Nice.
0: So wait, he admits, let me, let me track this back. He admits he asked you for provirin, which is not by prescription here in the United States of America. So it's a schedule three drug. And then he's pissed that you wouldn't give him said drug or even entertain it and then says this all on social media out in the open no, 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 on a public
2: <laughs> post. And i didn't call him out you know i didn't say oh someone wow. asked me for this oh my
1: vaccine. god!
2: In general people don't ask me for drugs like that's right. Not what do. right <clears throat> and he specifically commented and basically outed himself and then he, <laughs> nice. then he tried to like you know dig at me a little bit so <laughs>
0: i've been like fuck you you're still small and have high estrogen Go get yeah, the box. <laughs> yeah,
2: he looks absolutely awful. So,
0: <laughs> well, there's your victory right there. We'll yeah, take that one. Exactly. Uh, Jason Gramps, what do you got going on, buddy? <laughs> you know, like years,
3: um, old joke shit? You know, kind of like Jeff. um, It's been a busy week already. I I had to turn my um, ability to hire me off last week, and then I put it back on like Saturday, and I had a lot of clients come in that really hadn't even talked to me so. I got bombarded, which which is great. Not complaining there, but I, I turned it back off. So anyone who's getting on my site right now, if you don't see a way to hire me, just email me and we can discuss like when would be a good time to onboard you. I just don't like to have more than four or five at a time that I have to onboard because a lot of my clients right now have functional health needs and it's taken a really long time to set up SIBO protocols and the flushes and just everything to get all the steps and stages right, working on the hormones. So um, it, that, that takes me a lot of time to type all that out. So, um, that's why you're not seeing an ability to to hire me, but, but I'm not stopping clients. I'm just putting a hold on for a bit. Um, but right now, like things are great for me. Um, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of hitting a, a peak in terms of, you can always get more knowledge and I'll keep working, but there's just really not any cases that I can't take and fix. It seems like I, I don't mean for that to come off cocky. It just, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at right now. And so it's, it's been good. Um, and then our Amazon, uh, stuff for new ethics keeps hitting, um, new sale records. So that's amazing. Our, our marketing company that we brought on for new ethics is doing an excellent job. Um, got some new products coming out soon. Uh, we'll have a, our, uh, liposomal chase Berry be out. And then our gut defender will be out soon. And that's going to be a game changer for SIBO case It's going to make things so much easier. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, I sent you guys, uh, a text just kind of saying, you know, I wish, you know, I, I, you know, a little sad that I can't get out on stage right now, but, uh, you know, that's okay. And we're focusing on business, but, uh, it looks like in classic physique, they're definitely kind of going for the kind of flow I have, but, um, you know, I'll work through that. And, uh, other than that, like things have been great. So on to you, Jeff.
0: I want to give you a virtual hug right now (laughs) (laughs) thanks buddy i got that deep voice my beard would rub your beard and it would be real intimate i feel but we would get closer (laughs) after that for sure i just wanted to share yeah it's creepy as fuck that's why i had to say it dude my week has been like wild so um i text you all monday because i got invited to an open house for the Donaldson Hermitage and Old Hickory, which is like the towns like right around where I live and where my gym operates, to be joined this leadership uh, thing that they have. And I walked in and it's like kind of like the who's who. And I'm like, oh, this is cool shit. So sit through it, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna apply. And I. I Pushed a lot of good poems that night and talked to a lot of people and was like, all right, this is a network that I want to be in and do. And the best part is there's a lot of affluent businessmen and women in there, which I really liked. There was a lot of women, too. So I'd be able to glean a lot of information on how to like scale my gym, scale my training, scale other trainers, um, and actually have a good network and be able to lean on perhaps a better group of mentors in regards to business. Because, you know, I got great mentors like you, Jason, and, and you know, Chef. I lean on you for stuff here and there, and then John and everyone else but I don't have that like in business because you run a supplement company and I'm the only one who runs Mm -hmm. a gym. So there's different parts of that that I have to kind of like prepare for. So I'm interested to kind of get in there and and get dirty with it. So that was Monday night. And at 1245 that morning, I was woken up with the power going out. And then at one o'clock, my phone goes off with a tornado siren and I heard it. But like, it was like, I could tell it was a little away. So I just kind of like laid there and we laid there and I was like, all right. So then it like passed. I didn't, I got up and didn't go back to bed. Cause you know, I get up at two o'clock anyway in the morning. So I go downstairs. I'm like, all right, well the power will be out for a little bit. And I turn my flashlight on my phone shining up. And I just start reading. And then about like two 30 happens. I run through my first cup of coffee and I get up to brew another one. And I'm like, Oh man, sucks. Power's not back on. I guess I'm going to go outside and walk in the rain for my cardio. Cause I got to. <laughs> and I was like, and I looked at my phone The messages and like fucking just tons of messages about, well, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah um and then jr texts me because you know he lives up the street from the gym and he's like dude my neighbors just came down central pike and said it's completely level like nothing's left i was like fuck so i got my car all of downtown like from where i live all the way to the gym 4.5 miles was complete pitch black darkness like Mm -hmm. it hit the tornado that came through was an f3 they said so 165 mile an hour winds took out the substations and so it's pitch black. So I'm going like 90 miles an hour, which was not the smartest thing. But I just, you know, was panicking. and was like, holy shit. Because my first thought was, we're 24-7. What the fuck if people were in there? Because there was no warning systems. And there was no warning. Like, that was kind of like the thing. Like, when the tornado hit through here at 1 is when the phones went off. So that was like, there were a lot of people. You're hearing stories about them just waking up in the neighbor's pool. Or waking up in their front yard and not knowing how they got there, like the point air just whacked them. And oh my god,
3: waking up in a pool,
0: <laughs> dude! Yeah, dude. So, um, wow, they uh, they, they've got these crazy stories, like you read about them, like you're just like, damn, and just people you know in the community, like uh-huh. rebuilding and stuff, or you know, sharing their stories. But so, I drive down Central Pike and I can't see off to the right to see what's like on those buildings. But the moment i come down and around the curve there was a place called magnitude Tim gymnastics and they were completely fucking leveled mm. and i told jr because i was on the phone with him i'm like it's gone you know it's iron house gone and then the building next to it oh, like just blown apart i pull into where the gym is not a fucking scratch i walk through the gym make sure so no funny. one's in there dude there's there were two kids in there at the time their snapchats were hilarious they thought they were going to die <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just oh, like, like joking about that, but they were like flipping out because it yeah. sounded like a helicopter just
3: buzzing. Yeah, there's no the- basement there. Yeah, no, dude,
0: you're dead in that gym if that yeah. hits. I mean, no right. offense, but I mean, you got a lot of projectiles in there and that's oh, the 100%. place you want to yeah. Yeah. Um, So I stayed for a little bit because two of Gene, one of my clients and friends, his doors were blown off for the business he owns in the front. So I stayed to make sure no looters came and then we started smelling gas real bad. So this around on 330, I said, fuck it, I'm off. And I I was like, I'm not sitting around here because you just don't know what could happen with gas leaking. Um, So then I take a right and I go down central pike trees on the road, kind of swerve around. I go down Dodson chapel and rise around the corner. There's this family and I'll never forget. They had blankets only on them because it was like raining. And this little girl's holding a teddy bear. And then mm. I go down the road and like this whole like low income housing area just got completely leveled. Do there were people walking the street just like shell shocked? Mm. Like that were just like walking out in front of you who just didn't know where the fuck they were. There was a van in someone's house. This Jeez. church was completely flatlined. I mean, just it's, if you go look at the Nashville, like go on Facebook and look like national tornado drone stuff, you would just be blown away. The tornado ended up running for 52 miles. Holy shit. From oh. dr- downtown Nashville all the way to Cookville and it manifest, there was like an F3 and F4 and an F0, all that hit Cookville. So they actually had fatalities out there. I think there was only a couple here in Davidson County. One was a couple in East Nashville. Um, but, uh, the one thing, man, I could say is that they were saying, so I watched, you know, we started collecting water and food, obviously, because we were still in business and we were giving it, to the community, but then we started giving it to the electrical workers in front of us Mm, because there were crews from uh, Louisiana. So these people left their families to come up, help us out. And they redid like all the poles up and down our street in like two days when they thought that was supposed to be a 10-day operation. Like I left Monday or Tuesday night at four in the afternoon. And when I walked back up there at eight o'clock Wednesday morning to bring in their first round of food and water and all that, it was the same guys I saw at four o'clock. Like they Mm. just worked straight through the night. Like, just, they were like, yeah, we're real tired, but you know, hey, it is what it is. And I'm like, well, no, thank you for it. So, um, we did all that. And then we found out one of, uh, Renee's groove room, which is right in the same building as ours. Uh, two of their employees, uh, lost everything. So we raised gift cards and like Legos for their kids. We ended up raising over $5,000 in gift cards wow. for them to wow. go out to eat on, buy clothes with, got some clothes, toys, things like that. Um, and then we're doing a fundraiser next Thursday, the 19th, uh, for magnitude 10.0. Like when we sell your supplements, we're giving a pro, uh, the proceeds, I think it's like 10 or 15% or whatever to rebuilding their gym. Cause they're doing a GoFundMe nice. on apparel. Anyone who signs up all that, we're going to push towards that and try to help them get a little bit extra. Um, because that rebuild is going to be pretty, pretty gnarly to do. We're very fortunate. And yeah, you uh, it was are... real cool dude, wow. to see the see the volunteer state earn its name because they were saying that people were coming up for like tree service and trash haul and they were getting turned away because so many people volunteers showed up. There were so many volunteers that showed wow. up in Mount Juliet that they sent them all down to like downtown. That hmm. so they were like, we just got too many. We don't need too many. We got in. Wow. That was really cool to see. So it's been, yeah. you know, Nashville's got a good soul. If you've ever been to yeah. the city, you know, it's got a big wow. heart. And it was really neat to see that kind of like show itself. And I was real, real, very fortunate. You know, I'll never forget Being next to that building though and seeing a grown woman on her knees screaming to the sky above her why I mean that was a surreal thing to see a 50 something year old woman do that you know and then meanwhile I feel guilty because nothing's wrong right something that's 125 feet away like if you come and look at it you're like you don't understand how how that area is still all there because it like hit the building next to mine and then just shot across the street no rhyme or reason when it had come down the street like a whole mile pretty much
3: you're meant for something different man yeah
0: I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's crazy, you know, you have, but you have that guilt, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and all of us still able to go work and you're watching people sift through the rubble, trying to figure out how they are going to go to work. And I'm like, oh, you know, so it was, uh, it was been a very, very trying week. Um, we finally got power back Thursday night and we've been collecting stuff and just getting it back out the best we can and, uh, trying to do all that stuff. And, you know, Nashville is rebuilding and everyone's kind of starting to get back to the new normal. So it's awesome. It's been my last seven days. Very, very trying Oof. as a leader in that Oof. regard. I'll put it to you like that. It was Some good lessons in leadership and, and patience because <laughs> a yeah. lot of th- everything was out of my control and trying to keep everything that we could control rolling forward was all we focused on. Like I opened up the gym, sun up to sun down and left the garage doors open. So I I just felt it was important for some people to kind of get back to their new, their normal, you know, right after yeah. something like that. You know, Did you have a lot
3: of people take you up on that that weren't members to just come and train? Yeah,
0: yeah, there were like a couple, not many, mm-hmm. but there were a couple. Yeah. Wow. So that was cool to do, but um, otherwise, that was my week. But we are going to get into this topic today, which is, Jamie, I'm going to go ahead and let you roll it out, what we're talking about, and then I want you to introduce yourself as well, kind of like your resume okay. and so forth, so to our listeners, so they know exactly who you are.
1: All right, so I am going to be talking about uh, responsible female pet use, uh, specifically anabolics in women. And I am a three time Olympian. I am a women's physique pro. I've been a pro since 2012. I've been in the bodybuilding world since uh, my first show was back in like 2008. (laughs) And I have been working with women and competing uh, for almost like 10 years now. So um, I have been fortunate enough to have a lot of people in my life that has steered me in the right direction when it came to my own anabolic use. Um, but I've also had a lot of my own struggles and I'm seeing the climate of what's going on in bodybuilding and women and anabolics and yeah. it's really fucking disturbing to me. And I'm, mm-hmm. can I swear, is that okay?
3: 100%. <laughs>
1: okay, good. Um, so, you know, especially in the last probably, mm, I would say like five years, you're just i'm seeing this trend of and i think a lot of it has to do with social media i think a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with a lot of like new bodybuilding quote unquote coaches correct yeah. um and the like a, the ability to get these drugs mm-hmm. um now we have internet sources where just about anyone can go online mm-hmm. and they can purchase just about anything um, and so you're seeing this combination of, you know, what these people are seeing on Instagram, what these coaches that have no knowledge of what these compounds do to women, and then this availability of drugs that in a lot of cases, these underground labs are actually not giving you know, the products are not what we think they are. And it's creating yep. this shitstorm. storm. Yep. Um, and it's really sad that I've seen over the course of the last couple of years, especially young women. And I mean, even women of all ages that are ruining themselves when it comes to their hormonal profiles and the it transverses through so many different areas of their lives, um, that it's not just about their bodies. Um, it really starts to impact everything else in their lives. Uh, when even their personal relationships, their jobs, um, their I mean, everything in their future. And I've kind of decided that I really just don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks about me anymore (laughs) and about what I have to say because these topics are really taboo. Um, And talking about females and anabolics is something that, I mean, even us women who we've been pros, we've used anabolics, they keep their mouth very tightly closed. Very, yes. Um, and there is no conversation in bodybuilding about this stuff, and nobody wants to talk about it. and it's almost this like little dirty secret. And I feel like it because it's had that taboo nature, this is another reason why this keeps on happening more and more. And so my kind of mission is to have like just start the conversation in the you know that's my first thing is like let's get women talking about this stuff let's get it out in the air um so that way less women are being damaged and less women do these things that are ruining them for the rest of their lives yeah. and that are having such negative impacts on their lives um so i kind of started coming out on instagram giving kind of like 101 lessons on what what anabolics do to women, what all of the uh, anti-estrogens do to women and other PEDs that we use in bodybuilding. Um, I got a great response. um, And I'm so happy to be here with you guys and giving me another outlet to kind of share this knowledge and kind of share my story and why it's so important. Um, Because I really feel like if we keep on having, letting it be this taboo thing where we don't talk about it, we're just going to see more and more cases of, Women who essentially have chemical sex changes, yeah. Um, yeah. and unfortunately, some of the—I mean, there are some where they can be fixed, and a lot of their, a lot of things can go back to, you know, how they were before. But then, a large majority of these women who end up like abusing steroids or not using them in the right way or at the right time. Um, they're stuck with these sides and they're stuck with some health and implement, er, you know, things for the rest of their lives. So, you know, my purpose is to really give women some guidelines of use, some guidelines of when to even start using and, and educate coaches on how to talk to your clients about this stuff, making sure that your clients have all, you know, have all the knowledge that they need to make the right decisions for their health. And for their femininity um yeah
3: so i have a i think that's a good place to start um
0: yeah i agree because i was about Mm -hmm. to say we got lots on i know that's a lot i love (laughs) it no fuck yeah
3: what do you think um see for me when 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 the conversation even comes up if someone's never even done a show or put in time and diet and seen what their body can do i'm always like I don't really see why you would do this right now. Let's see what you're capable of and how far you can go. But what are some of your guidelines that you were saying uh, that you kind of talk to women about in making that decision?
1: So I think that the first initial important thing is to understand where you are in your journey of bodybuilding. So not everyone is is, is doing bodybuilding or coming to a coach or even have any kind of physique goals. That bodybuilding is going to be their career, or bodybuilding is going to be a big part of their life. Um, And oftentimes, we see women who make decisions based on temporary situations in their life. Like, for example, you see a lot of young girls who will do a cycle because they're dating a bodybuilder. And that's something that's very temporary in their life. So, the first thing that I tell women is, figure out if bodybuilding is something that is building your career. Is it something that's going to be in your life forever? And it's something that's actually like a big part of who you're going to be in the future or is bodybuilding like a bucket list thing or something that you're doing because your partner happens to be doing it. Because I think that those, those two very different women and those two very different reasons have two very different ways that you're going to handle whether or not you're going to do any anabolics in the first place. Um, And even before that, making sure that, like you are saying, making sure that you already have tapped out your natural potential when it comes to your training, when it comes to your diet program, and when it comes to managing your hormones, Um, making sure that you have all of those things Already streamlined into a great consistent plan that you've been able to track for some time to make sure that you have you even reached your natural potential. Because if you're a woman who, and I see this all the time with women who want to make these huge transformations that have just stepped in the gym for maybe three to six months, and <laughs> they're they're already talking about yeah. let me try some Anabar. Yeah. And If you aren't tracking and being consistent with diet and training, then you don't even know if you've reached your natural potential yet. Not even close. Exactly. So if you don't even know if you've reached that potential yet, then why are you even thinking about adding in any kind of anabolics? Um, And I think a lot of women will jump the gun with anabolics before they have those things in place. And then they don't even get to see, like you see these women who, they tell you they're on X, Y, and Z. And you're like, you're on what? Because they don't look like they're on anything because they haven't even nailed the nutrition and the training yet. So those are kind of like the first couple things that you need to think about is what is bodybuilding in your life? Is it temporary? Is it permanent? Is it something that's elevating your life, a career? And are you already consistently doing the things that you need to do with your nutrition and training to tap out that natural potential. Yeah. And one good way for women to kind of gauge whether or not they've gotten to that point is that they are cons- you know, consistent on that diet plan. But that training program, if you keep on trying to up your weight on your compound movements and you've kind of tapped out on your strength um, and you've kind of played around with different kind of training methods, then you're probably pretty, if you tap that out, and you know, even being consistent with the diet, then you're probably pretty close to tapping out that natural potential. Um, but if you think that getting into the gym for six months to a year that you've tapped it out, you're very mistaken. You need to be consistent for at least a year. I mean, that's, that's, I, I actually think it takes much longer than that need to it. reach your natural potential. 100%. I don't even think that a year is even close. Yep. Um so that's number 1 is like making sure you tap all of that out first. Yep. Um yep. and then number 2 is making sure that your health is in line. Have is uh, getting blood work, yep. knowing where all your normal hormonal levels are. Uh and if you are a woman that has been using birth control for many years, that is going to have a significant effect on your hormones. So you need to make sure that if you're taking any other kind of hormones like birth control, that you know what kind of effect they're having on your natural hormonal profile first before you start adding in any of the anabolics. Um, Because that is also going to limit your natural potential as a woman. So making sure that if birth control is something that's limiting that, well, you need to take that out of the equation first get your hormones normalized first. And then you can try and hit that natural potential again, because you probably still have some more natural gains to make yeah. before you start to add in those yeah. anabolics. I
3: mean, it's hard to progress when you're estrogen dominant. And that's what birth control is meant to do. So
1: exactly. Uh, I
3: agree with you there.
1: Yeah. And you, right. And you see these women who have, I mean, I was actually just on a consultation yesterday with a, a, a young girl who's 23 now, has been on birth control since she was 14 years old.
2: Oh,
0: God. Oh, Damn. And I'm like, oh my what God. She- and, Damn. and
1: so, yeah. And so now, like, we're just getting to the process where we're taking the birth control out of the equation. And now we've got to just deal with that and just get her hormones normalized after years. Yeah. I mean, cause if you're a woman and you're in your early twenties or even in your thirties and you have been on basically hormone replacement therapy for women since you even were before you were completely developed as a woman, that's going to have serious impl- implications when it comes to starting any kind of anabolics. Um, so, being mindful of that and taking care of that hormonal profile before you even jump into anything just
3: for our listeners what we see and again your birth control is up to you we're not saying get off we're just saying if you want to maximize your potential it's not helping that's that's what we're saying we're not we're not i I know sometimes people get pissed when people say "Oh, well that's my birth control listen we're just giving you insight here but what we see a lot because i run a lot of labs you're going to see low progesterone You're going to see estrogen dominance because the progesterone is so low. And a lot of times you're going to see low normal testosterone because there's Mm -hmm. not enough progesterone. So you can't maximize yourself when you're estrogen dominant and low normal on testosterone. So that's what Jamie's talking about there. Um, Just wanted to put my two cents in there. Yeah, no, that's that's
1: exactly it. That's exactly it
0: um so with that being said what's your thoughts on uh because i have two questions for you but they're on opposite spectrums but i'm gonna go down this one what do you think about women using growth hormone and insulin
1: um i think that i mean i really like growth hormone for women um why is that because i it works synergistically with the anabolics so um, I've seen in myself and with the female clients that I, you know, have worked with in the past that when we implement both the anabolics, like a very small, low dose of anabolics with growth hormone, we're getting a result that's similar to a much higher dose of anabolics. Mm-hmm. Um, So Agreed. you're able, and I actually use a lot of peptides with women as well. Um, With growth hormone and I find that and right now I'm actually kind of experimenting with myself Um, I have decided that I'm not going to use anabolics anymore until I am ready to compete again Mm -hmm. And I have decided not to compete until they pay the women the same amount that they pay the men Um, So I'm pretty much going to be (laughs) retiring (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really not expecting to compete anytime soon Right Um, Because I don't see that happening. Actually, when I heard of The Rock and his show, uh, I hear rumor that all all of the classes are getting paid the same uh, for prize money, which is amazing and awesome. But in order to do that show, you have to do, you have to qualify for it. Mm. So, uh, you know, I was kind of actually getting ready to prep and do that show. And then I heard about the qualifications and I still have to do a show where I'm not getting paid as much in order to get into that show. So anyway, so I decided not to use any anabolics anymore. And uh, that led me to kind of doing a lot more experimentation with myself with peptides. And I've been able to actually put on a lot more muscle and uh, reduce my body fat with some awesome little protocols that I've been toying with. And, um, and now I'm kind of starting to implement those with all of my clients too. And I'm seeing some really great results. So um, not only do I think that growth hormone is great, but I also think that using uh, peptides to leverage anabolics is also another great tool because, you know, when we're trying to get more muscle and we're trying to get more results from women, and we try and use more and more anabolics to do that, we have more and more risk of virilization. And we have more and more risk of um, more health impl- implications with your heart, liver and kidneys so by implementing protocols with gh and with uh, peptides we're actually able to use less of the anabolics so that means less virilization and less health implications so that's kind of my thoughts on the growth hormone when it comes to insulin in women um not something that i really have honestly played with too much um something that I've kind of always stayed away from insulin and that was just from the coaches that I've had in my past, just never really had any need to use it. So I've never actually, I don't really do anything with insulin with my women.
0: Have you tried injectable O-carnitine?
1: I have, and I have a lot of my clients that use it and we love it. Um, so, and that's one of those tools that you use, at, You know, if you're going to be using growth hormone, if you're gonna be using anabolics, this is going to have an effect on your insulin sensitivity. The injectable L-carnitine is, you know, is going to help with that. Um, so I have myself and a lot of my clients who use any kind of anabolics or the GH, I'll have them use upward of 500 milligrams of L- injectable L-carnitine a day.
3: I use it too with my women to yeah. increase yeah. the androgen receptor. Um yep. it allows the anabolic to just keep attaching more and more and more as you know, they attach, they they send the message, then they move on and the the receptor sensitivity's higher. So again, yep. you don't need as higher use right. of um the anabolic. So you can get a lot of synergistic effects. By doing that and not have to use as much anabolics and therefore less virilization.
1: uh, Exactly. And it's all about, I think that's something that coaches need to start thinking about is how can we get these women, the results that they're looking for without putting their health and their femininity at risk. Um, And I think one of the things that I hear from women all the time is that they've been told by coaches that the side effects and especially the virilization is just something they have to deal with if they want to get to a certain level. Um, And it's unfortunate that I even have to hear that from women um, because it's not something that you just have to deal with. Um, I think that a lot of times if we as women just, uh, if we have a little bit more patience and we have a little bit more consistency, then we can get the results we want. But unfortunately, like I was saying earlier, when we see on Instagram transformations that are, you know, that these women see and they want those same transformations and yet they don't really understand the kind of drugs that it took to get there. And not only do they not understand the drugs it took to get there, but what is happening inside that woman's body when they're putting all those drugs into their body? So. Like I said, it's this, this entire kind of like shit storm that has created this climate that puts a lot of these women at risk and they're willing to do these things. Um, and that kind of goes back to my guidelines is another one is to really think about what in your femininity, femininity is important to you. And I know that you guys are all male coaches and I'm sure that you probably have these conversations with your clients Uh too. Because (laughs) I think what coaches need to understand is that especially depending on the level of competitor or the level of, of athlete that you have, their idea of what femininity is to them is very different from woman to woman. And you need to understand and know what that, what it means to that woman to be a woman. Because yeah, you're gonna have some women that they don't mind having an enlarged clitoris for the rest yep. of their life. That's okay with them. Um, but there are gonna be some women, if they have any kind of clitoral sensitivity, holy shit, no, they don't right. They don't want anything to do with that. Um, there are also gonna be some women who their fertility is extremely important to them. And then there are going to be others that maybe they're already through menopause and they don't, that, that means absolutely nothing to them. So having a good understanding, if you're a woman who's going to do any kind of anabolics, write down, what about your femininity is important to you? What are the things you are and are not willing to sacrifice? And I urge women to do this before you get into your cycle, because there is something chemically that happens to women's brains when they start using anabolics that they don't make the same decisions during cycle that they would make before the cycle and i see this all the time where women have these ideas of what their femininity is what they're willing and unwilling to compromise and then once they get into a show prep and they start the cycle their contest prep goggles go on and they will do anything yeah. and then they come off the cycle. They didn't win the first place trophy at the high school auditorium show that they just did, <laughs> and they look into the mirror and they say, "What the fuck did I do to myself?" Right. And that's when they start having the issues with self confidence, with their, uh, you know, with their work, with their relationships, with all these other things in their lives because of a decision they made. When I don't think that they chemically in their brain were making the right decisions. So I urge women to to make sure that you write down what you are and are not willing to compromise and give it to someone that you trust your life with. And hopefully that's your coach. Hopefully that is like you have someone in your life that can be an advocate for you. And if they see you compromising any of those things to give you a swift kick in the ass and make sure that you don't compromise those things. Um, but I think that coaches really should be, they should be advocates for their women and they should really be having these conversations with their clients and finding out what is and is not important to them and what their, their long-term goals for all of this is. Um, and then being that advocate for them to make sure that they're tracking the sides from their clients. Um, because- and making sure that they, their clients actually understand all the sides. Because I think that a lot of times you have coaches who are prescribing anabolics to women, um, and they're making assumptions that these women already know Mm -hmm. what is going to happen to them or what the potential sides are going to be. Um, so I think making sure that your client, like, even if you think, even if it's a seasoned competitor an IFBB pro that maybe they've been competing for 10 years, I don't care. I still think that you need to have that conversation, and I still think that you need to lay down absolutely all the possibilities of what could happen, um, because unfortunately, with women and anabolics, as we, I kind of touched on a little bit before, all of these anabolics that are readily available to people, a lot of them are made by underground labs. These underground labs, these raws that are producing the quote unquote safe drugs for women. Those raws are more expensive than things that are unsafe for women. So a lot of the times, the things that we think are Anivar or that we, you know, that we think are like the more safer things are actually compounds that are going to be more high risk for virilization.
3: Yeah. You end up with like Anivar that's D-ball and you end up with Primo that's test. And I've seen it, you know, unfortunately.
1: Exactly. Uh, I've
3: seen labs, you know, women's on 66 megs of Primo a week. And, uh, 1150 on testosterone oh in lab. God, and I'm like, wow, uh, well, yeah, that's, that's not, real. not te-
1: yeah, no, you know, it's yeah. not. So you gotta have, yeah. that's
3: why you take labs because, you know, exactly. that's, that's virilization waiting to happen. Um, time. Uh, yeah.
1: If it hadn't already, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine that she didn't have any. at that Nothing point.
3: too bad, wow. uh, luckily. Um, but Very because lucky. she was growing so well and the things she was saying, I was like, why don't we get labs? Yeah, uh, and yeah. So she had yeah. the, she had test um, instead of Primo, and right? For our listeners, the reason that happens is Primo is expensive. Yeah, uh, usually a hundred milligram bottle uh, times ten milligrams is, is is ninety bucks or better, and then test is forty bucks. So they put the test in there, and then they, they up the price, and they're making money hand over fist. So uh, right,
0: yeah. Now, with all that said, I have a question for you. So sure. we have a lot of women who listen to our podcast because like. Chicks just dig us, I guess. Of course. And, um, a lot of, and some of them are female coaches. Would you yep. say that the risk associated to compete in women's physique or bodybuilding is worth it in a monetization type of Ooh, way? Oh, wow. That's
1: such a good question. <laughs> wow. That's a really good question. Um, wow. That's a good one. I think that that answer is really going to vary from woman to woman. Um, personally, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, and that's a big reason why I have decided not to compete anymore. Um, I, you know, even knowing everything that I know, uh, I still don't think that, I mean, I know that when I was winning shows, I was winning $2,500 to win a show.
0: That's right. Covering your hotel, exactly. flight pants, you know, not even a bottle of Anabar on the top.
1: <laughs> uh, and that's what I mean. Like, uh, I think that I would, I probably average like spending about 10 grand on a show. Damn. So, I mean, and that's not even considering how much time am I taking away from my own clients in order to compete? What am I taking away from building my business in order to compete? So that's not even taking into consideration those things when I'm talking about that 10 grand it costs in order to compete. So um, for me personally, no, but I think that some women uh, make competing more important than others. And maybe if competing is something that, like that's what your career is, then maybe it is worth it. But I still think that, there are basic guidelines that women should keep and i still think that women i don't know i have kind of this uh, tough time with female bodybuilding because i believe that every woman should have the ability to do whatever she chooses with her body so if you want to completely virilize yourself and essentially give yourself a chemical sex change I believe that if that's what makes you happy and if that's what you want to do with your body, you should. But at the same time, putting it into a competitive sport where women maybe are taking, like maybe women who aren't really fully committed to that are making those decisions. I don't know. That's a scary place for me. And it's something that, um, you know, I was actually kind of happy when they got rid of female bodybuilding because you saw that women were just they were pushing the envelope more and more um and i think that influences more women to do that and maybe not all of them are 100 percent okay with that choice after the fact um so and i feel like in order for women to have those types of bodies for like female bodybuilding especially when it first got kicked out of like the olympia um I think that women just put themselves at too much health risk for that. Um, I just I think that there are very, very small, small population of women who can get that massively big without completely abusing their bodies. I mean, I, you can say the same thing for male bodybuilding, though. None of the male bodybuilders at the top of the sport and that are in open bodybuilding, if we look at their insides, most of them are not very healthy. So uh, you know to me I think there's another kind of component with women because our femininity is also tied to it and you are changing a you know you're you're essentially giving a woman a chemical sex change and that has more impl- impl- implications than just just their bodies it goes beyond that it goes to their social life to their relationships to their self confidence to their jobs everything so uh, yeah, that's a loaded question. That's a lot, man.
3: <laughs> I have a question. Go so, yeah, you know, when um, I'm working with women and, and we get to that point, um, I always explain that just because everyone says Anavar is the easiest on the body, they could mm. still have it's Oh, yeah, something else might be better for them. But, but is Anavar generally where you start? But then we explain the side effects that we need to watch for. I guess what I'm saying yeah. is everyone should probably watch out for the thought of, well, that's the safest. There's still, it it might not be EQ might be, be actually better for you. Right. You got to find it out. But, but generally speaking, do you start there and then obviously you need to educate about all the sides you got to watch. That's generally what I do. And I don't know, like I'm asking a woman, is that, is that a smart thing?
1: That is a smart thing. And I do believe that there is like an order of progression when it comes to the type of anabolics that you're going to have a woman try. Um, you're going to start with the least androgenic mm-hmm. um, and looking at the anabolic androgenic uh, you know, ratio of the compounds that you're giving these women and starting off with that progression. Um, yeah. So I do, and I, I do, I, I try and start with anivar, but mm-hmm. like you said, every woman is so very different on how Correct. they respond to things. Yep. Um, so I have some women that when, <laughs> when they try Anavar. They get sides right off the bat. Their hair yep. is falling out in sheets. Yep. They're breaking out like crazy. Yep. But they try something like wind straw, and they're fine. Fine, which is so they, they, yes. Which is like to me, like when right. you look at the science of Correct. things, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. But you have to listen to the feedback your clients yep. are giving you on the sides. That's the most important yep. part. Uh, <laughs> and of course always starting with the lowest possible dose.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Always starting with the lowest possible dose. Um, and, st- and if you're going to try anabolics for the first time or you're going to start a client on anabolics, starting with one compound at a time. Yes. One compound at a time. It's crazy to me that I see first-time users that have a mm-hmm. list of supplements that I'm like, oh my god, and the one of the biggest problems is they don't understand what any of them do to them. Right. They have no idea. I had one have coach tell no me idea.
3: that and I, I certainly am not naming mm-hmm. names, but another coach's client came to him. Yep. And it was a first time on there was trend in there and there was DNP in there. Mm-hmm. I've seen Trent uh, and,
0: before in Bikini Girls. Oh, my yeah,
2: God. I, I think it's worth a bikini uh, girl, dude.
3: And my yep, thinking is, it. you don't know how to diet manipulate if you need that. If you to need To get a that. bikini girl in, in shape. Like, that is making up for your ineptitude.
1: Yes. It, and that's all you're
3: doing, and it's a nightmare. And, yeah, I just couldn't you're believe
0: it. You're fucking that woman over uh, hard.
3: Like, yeah. yeah
1: I, mean, one, I mean, there are some, like, guidelines when it comes to things that I think women should never do. Yeah. And, and Trent is one of them.
3: Me, too. I won't Trend, I like, won't I if, won't be involved with it.
1: No, I've said this in, in the DNP as well. Me too. I, th- I won't be
3: involved like, with that either.
1: At, at least things like Anabar are medic they're they're medicine. They're medically right. prescribed. Right. Yep. DNP is a chemical, right. like an industrial chemical. chemical it's right. not even right. like yep. categorized as any kind of medicinal use. Right. So uh, you know, that just blows my mind that people like if you need trend, if you need DNP, then bodybuilding is not the fun not for, you. for you. That's what it I is not too. like if your body needs that in yep. order to get where you're going, right. you need to pick something else right. or you need to you need to reevaluate like you said. Reevaluate the training and the nutrition because something is fucked yeah. up if you need that shit. For, yeah. And like, then I
3: had another girl come to me and she was, didn't work with me. She yeah. hit me up on IG and she goes, Yeah. Well, so and so, and the so and so is an Olympian. Yeah. Tells me that she uses a lot of Masteron. And I said, Well, here's the deal Masteron is a DHT chemical. It's what makes mm-hmm. a man a man. It gives us our deep voice, our hairy face. I said, Do you want to take that? I said, she might get away with it. I was like, but check right. her body. You don't live with her. You don't know all the mm-hmm. side effects. And when I explained that it was DHT derived, she got it. But she, she right. wasn't to take it because so-and-so Olympian takes it. And I'm like, look, she's decided that to be one of the best, that's what she's going to do. I was like, yep. but you don't know that you can even be the best. I was like, it is not advisable right. by me. So right. I think, you know, people are asking – people at the top what they're doing and and they're telling them and but people aren't like you said kind of really thinking about their femininity or even what the drug really is you know or
1: what it's doing to their body they don't, don't even under, i mean i have girls that come to me and they're like you know i want to lose some weight so can i go on Anavar? it's not a weight loss <laughs> drug it's not right. a diet pill right. and the worst is what i hear from uh from a number of women where these girls are just giving anavar out to their friends that aren't competitors that aren't even in the gym as <laughs> as a diet aid, and these girls are staying on it all year round oh man and well, it's they, like
2: they probably hey. like the libido
3: boost you know yeah. and uh you know, so they, so they like that, but yeah, I mean, without the work ethic,
1: it's not, gonna it's do, not going to do anything, but no. it, what is it doing to your liver? What is it doing to your kidneys? What is it doing to, HDL, Yeah, all of and, it, and you know,
3: there's a time and place, we all get it, but you yep. got to fix that shit. You can't do it for a year.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know? And then, you um, know, also hearing of women who going from show to show bridging yeah. with, with Anabar or different compounds. And it's like, no, you need to give yourself the time off. Yes. You need to let yourself clear out. Because if you don't let yourself clear out, you're going to have to keep on using more and more to see any results. Yep. And when you add more and more, you have more and more health issues. And you end up getting more and more virilization. Yep. And asking, you know, so- I, I like the idea that some of these Olympians are actually talking to women about what they're doing, but I think they need to be real about what is going on with their sides. Yes. And I don't think that everyone is honest. Right. And uh, like I, like I, I actually put out a IG video recently about my face mm-hmm. because everyone comments about, me, oh, your face still looks really good for all the competing you've always done. Mm -hmm. that's because I've gotten a lot of fucking work done. Mm -hmm. A lot of injectables. I like recently just had this like little mini facelift with these threads they put in my face. So you might see a top level competitor that looks feminine or looks like she hasn't fucked anything up, but you don't know the reality of what's behind that face. What has she had to do in order to look that way now? Um. Because if you look at my competition photos from like, uh, like 2013, 14, that was really before I started getting any kind of fillers, any kind of Botox or anything on my face. And I didn't, fuck man, my Skeletor face was bad. It was, yeah. and, and some of that I think is anabolic. And some of that I think is the nature of you losing your body fat from your face. Sure. Um, show after show
3: but I tell my women you know winstrel to me seems to zap fat face in women so like if I'm gonna use it it's two weeks at the very end very low dose and and it's more of the higher competitor physique women you know I'm not throwing a figure girl on and I know coaches that do I'm just not doing it because they gotta have the more feminine look but I think some affect the face more at least that's what I've seen uh, yes I don't' I I, seen hard to zap the face fat as bad as Winstrel. It just seems to really, really dry out the face in women i I don't know why as
1: much yeah and and they get that harder look on their face and yes. i I think that, and like you know my point is that you don't understand or you don't know if you're not asking that question from that. Specific competitor. Right. What are your? I mean, who knows if she's had any kind of quitoral enlargement that's permanent? Right. Exactly. Who knows if it, maybe she gets her her face lasered? Right. M- maybe she's got to shave her face every right. day. Right. Like. What, right. I, I know, like myself, like I've I have chest hair on my boobs now, be and like that's permanent. It's never, going, never away. going away. And that's something that happened years ago. Um. um so it it, there and like nobody knows that unless i tell you that right you know uh you know i've talked in the past about my clitoral sensitivity and how for me it 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 enhanced my sexuality sure but for some women that freaks them out and that's too much but unless someone comes up to me and asks me about that or has heard any of my like content about it you're not going to know so I like that women are starting to talk, but we've got to also talk about everything mm-hmm. that is going on when we're using these things, because yeah, that Olympian may have been taking like master for six, eight, 12, however many weeks <laughs> she's on it for like 20 weeks, who knows, right. but what is going on under, like underneath her clothes? Correct. What That's is going like, what is, what is her daily routine that she needs to get through In order for her to look the way she looks.
3: Correct. And that's what I was trying to educate the girl on. This is a DHT chemical. So, you know, it puts more hair on men. You know, it's going to do the same to you. So that's, you know, things you got to decide. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, and and thank you for being completely honest about those things. Because, I mean, women need, it's like birth control. Like doctors hand it out and they don't say, by the way, this is going to make you estrogen dominant, and most women are going to end up with fatter asses and hips. You cool with that? You know what I mean? Like, right. they don't, they don't know. They're just like, oh, yeah, this fixes acne. Well, you could have just taken B five, and it would have done the same damn thing. You could have taken right. face bearing; it would heal heal your cramps. But no, go ahead and take this. You know, so it's like you've got to know all the info to make an informed decision.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. So my
3: question to you is if you don't mind sharing what was the worst thing then you were like wow I would never touch that again or ever advise my client
1: um probably th- like the worst thing that I tr- I mean windstraw for me I, I I I tried windstraw for like a week and my hair was coming out there in sheets go. Yep. um the and H-T I was just dries. like I was like no I I was like never again and I never yep. touched it again after that um, and I, I have to say that in the beginning of my career, I was definitely more aggressive, um, than I have been in the past. Was that or, because you know, just
3: weren't it, as informed like all, like a lot of the other women?
1: Yeah. I, and that's why, like a big part of why I want to talk about it because I want to be the woman that I wish I had in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Because a lot of what I did was trial and error. Sure. Um, and just figuring out what worked for me and what didn't work for me. I luckily um, had a partner at the time who was uh, very concerned about my femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was always able to stay away from trend, stay mm-hmm. away from test. Um yep. But I think my biggest, the things that I've done wrong the most was not taking enough time off of cycle there you um, go. and using too many compounds at once because um, most of my doses were, have always been fairly like low, um, especially in the last couple years, I've been able to use the least amount of gear and I've had the best result. Um, But when I was, you know, first started out, I was kind of trying everything Um, and staying on things for too long. I had coaches that advised me to bridge with different compounds. Um, And I think that part of doing that is what led to some of the health problems I'm having now. Um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease back in 2015. Okay. Um, and that's also when I had my, gall, my, my gallbladder issues first started. Um, and they think that I probably had Lyme my entire life. Yeah. But I would think that probably. <laughs> I grew up 20 minutes. I grew up in a town 20 minutes away from Old Lyme, Connecticut. I got you. So <laughs> a lot of people sure. uh, around me had it. So they, they actually think that the stress of competing, and I'm guessing the stress of all the anabolic abuse over the years is what led to my line getting really bad. Mm-hmm. Um and then my gallbladder issue issue getting really bad. Um because in the very beginning there there wasn't a lot of information about what women should do about PCT. There I mean mm-hmm. women in PCT didn't even that didn't even didn't exist. exist. No. And then nobody even heard of that. No. Like that was that was you know yeah. that and even like health supplement protocols for women. Uh, that was not something that I really even heard about until I had to start dealing with those health issues. Um, so a lot of times women also need to take in consideration that you might not be, be, be able to see what's happening and what's going to happen to you in the long run as you're taking these compounds. You might not see these health effects for years down the line. So although your bloods and everything might look okay at that moment, if you keep on doing the things that you're doing and not taking care of your body and not taking care of mitigating all of those side effects, especially in your internal organs, you're going to be paying for it later down on the road. So, you know, since 2015, my doses have been very minimal. Um, I've taken the most amount of time off of gear And I've had my best looks to date, like, since I started doing that. Um, But I've also had to take a lot more time off because of these health, these, like, negative health things that have happened to me because of it. Um, And specifically, I, you know, even in 2000, I think it was 2016. um, No, I'm sorry, it was 2017. So that was the last time I competed. And it was actually the first time I ever decided to use any kind of aromatase inhibitors. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up, uh, so the coach that I had actually was only having me use them for the last like three weeks of a show. Um, And I actually, now that I've had my own experience with aromatase inhibitors, I do not prescribe them to any women and I do not advise them for any women. Um, But Doing them for like the last two to three weeks of a show is pretty common in higher level physique competitors um, to get you that that little bit of extra dryness. Um, And I decided that, you know, because I bombed at the 2017 Olympia that I was gonna keep on competing and I was gonna go and do the Frigno Legacy after. So my coach advised me against that. He's like, no, you've been on everything for too long. You gotta come off, you gotta rest your body. And I was like, fuck no, I'm going to get my qualification. (laughs) I'm going to go for it. And I decided to stay on everything going in from the the Olympia to the Ferrigno. And it was like, I think that year, it was like maybe four or six weeks to the show. Um, And I ended up uh, like a week or two after the Olympia getting very badly injured. And uh, I was training legs. I went in way too heavy and I was doing single leg leg presses coming down on that press, I felt pain on the whole right side of my body. And it turns out that I uh, ruptured two of my discs in my Mm -hmm. lower back, and I tore my labrum in my right Mm -hmm. hip. And I truly believe that had I not been on all of those drugs at the time, my cartilage would have been healthier, I would have like, at that time, like, I had been on aromatase inhibitors. I had no estrogen in my body. Yep, um, really I dried was, out. I <laughs> was completely dried out. Yep. So, you, like, women also have to realize that you have this higher risk of injury when you're, you're putting yourself in this kind of very delicate place. And uh, I didn't even know, you know, how badly I was injured until, like, a year and a half later because I, I didn't have health insurance, so I couldn't afford the imaging. Um but I still tried to push through and do the show. Mm-hmm. And when eventually one of my friends, who was kind of like helping dial me into the show, he's like, Jamie, you just look worse and worse every week. Right. Like, because my body was having the pain response. Oh, yeah. And it was And, you know, blamed
3: and I mean, yeah, exactly. it's not going to work. Like, you can't he's train like, as you hard. Can't do it. I mean, no, yeah. it's just, it's not going to work.
1: So eventually I, I came off of everything, but I had been, i I think that I had just been on those aromatase inhibitors for way too long, and my hormones were the most fucked up they've ever been. Um, I had no progesterone, I had no estrogen, I had no testosterone. Right. When I went to the endocrinologist, he's like, "I don't really even know how you get up in the morning."
3: Right. He's
1: like, "I don't even know how you're here right now," right?
3: Uh, right. Because
1: by looking at your blood work, like, I he's he's like, "I just really don't know." So um you know that story is kind of like how I got to here today like I it, it became so much more important to me because not only did I have to deal with that injury and did I have to deal with not being able to compete um but I had to deal with this hormonal shitstorm I had created um, which I did it to myself. It was my own choice. I had a coach that wanted me to do the right thing. I had my contest prep goggles on. Yep. I did the wrong fucking thing. And um it took me a long, long time to get everything back in back. order., yep. um, and it cost me, you know, it it cost me my health because I, I got the injury in part because of it. Um, my business suffered because of it. I couldn't compete because of it anymore. Um, and I was also very depressed. I like a lot of my relationships failed, like everything, like all these things that I see in other women in their lives that kind of go downhill. That's exactly what was happening to me. Um, so I feel like I have kind of this, uh, special little part in my heart for understanding and empathizing what with what these women have gone through and go through.
3: Yeah. I mean, that um, gives a good background of kind of, you know, why you're kind of holding the torch and, you know, putting some of this knowledge out there, but yeah. also sharing some of the things that, that, you know, you share about yourself that, you know, some other women maybe not want to share, but you're, right. you're taking, you know, the higher road. Jeff looks like you want to say something.
0: Sue wanted to chime in. I know he does. Then we got to wrap up cause you got to get out to. Yep. Uh, stuff but um i wanted to say before sue does that i really appreciate your candidness you don't find that thank you out there so thank no. you for that no that's all awesome. thank you sue yeah take it take I mean, it home buddy in this right
2: <laughs> i mean definitely the the honesty is uh is kind of taking me back a little bit you know so i appreciate that um thank so you. i know we have to wrap it up soon but so the first thing i want to say is i yeah. posted this on my on my facebook a little while ago so jamie you may you probably didn't see this, but there is actually a study that was done, and this is a published medical study of a woman in India. India, yes. She stayed on seven hundred milligrams of uh, was it Primo? Primo, Primo yeah. For yep. ten years, I saw that ten years. And so, anybody listening to this podcast, go Google that. And if you're considering PEDs or you're considering taking something that someone gave you in the gym and considering staying on, take a look at what this woman looks like.
3: You don't think hundred megs yeah. of NPP a day at seven hundred megs a week is a good idea <laughs> for a woman for ten years? You, you, might, what do you, you mean, might. Jeff, her her beard's better than yours,
1: dude. <laughs>
2: right, I saw that. Right, but yeah. hey, so going back to what you were you were saying about insulin. Okay, yeah. I, I, this is like a, just me thinking out loud because yeah, know, I, I got to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with um you know Peds with with female clients. Um, but I would think that insulin would be something that. Is not you know not um, something that would virilize a woman, right? Right. But no, it is no. also a, a very anabolic hormone. It's one of the right. most anabolic substances out there. So I would think, what if like you did start with insulin instead? Like, wh- why is it that like people don't do that? Or you know, so that's one question. Yeah. another question is at the IFBB level, what's like a bikini pro taking? Oh God. So those uh, are like, so, my two questions. So the,
1: the first question is. I mean, that's, that's a great question. The, the first one, like, why don't we start yeah. with that? Um, I I think for myself, it's just something that I've never played with before. Um, so, I mean, I would, I would love to get you, you know, some input from you guys. Maybe I can do a little bit of experimentation on myself while I'm,
3: I, I could help you if we talk. All right, yeah.
2: cool.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Cause I'm right now I'm, like I said, I'm not using any anabolics. I don't plan on anytime soon. So I kind of am being my own little experiment here. It's something
3: yeah. that I do with women yeah. at higher levels, and I'm I when they're off season, I talk to them about growth hormone and insulin, and say, hey, let's stay off all anabolics till you gotta yep. compete. Uh, yeah. To keep their their face and everything just in
1: yeah receptors you know? nice and but, clean. Yeah. But I
3: think I think partly Jeff uh, is is I think you know insulin's very feared. You know people worry it about yes. going into a yeah. coma, but I mean if yep. you take small amounts of Humalog pre workout and you cover it with carbs pre and intra you aren't going you aren't going hypo you know what i mean right but people just fear it i think
2: i was gonna say like i mean if you did something like two IU's of gh a day with like maybe 15 IU's of lantis i think that that ain't gonna
3: hurt you either because it's it's slow release yeah Uh, yeah, i would say
2: that'd be an off-season cycle for a female bodybuilder if i were to venture to guess
1: yeah yeah no i'm
2: curious about (laughs) bikini girls though because like i've always wondered myself
1: um, I mean, here's the thing. I've seen like huge ranges. I've seen oh, yeah, like yeah. I've seen some that are on trend and wow. test and and like <laughs> primo. and I'm just like, and I'm like, <laughs> why? And then I see some that are on a little bit of anavar. Okay. So and like novodex. Yes. Um. So I think there's like there's a huge range, and I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with their knowledge, with their coaches' knowledge, with what they're willing and not willing to do um you know yeah. i but there's a huge and i think <clears throat> i mean i see some bikini pros or even bikini amateurs that are doing way more than women's physique competitors on an olympia That's level
2: wild. <laughs> and, it's, and yeah. it's,
1: but they don't look like it so no. it's like you're doing something wrong
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i could see the clan andavar nova and maybe like a drada yeah. but i can't see injectables you know i just no Logically, like if I like again, again, I have no experience putting any females on such protocols. But if I were to venture into that, that's what I would start to think. You know, the animal yeah. and that. I mean, animal.
1: honestly, when I coach any kind of bikini competitors, I really try to advise them against using anything. I don't okay. think that at the bikini level, you should really you should need anything. I think that. The only thing you need, if you need more muscle as a bikini competitor, fucking eat more food and train harder.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, really, that's, (laughs) especially at an amateur level, like, I really just don't think that there's any, I don't think it's called for at all. Maybe at like the Olympia level to get that hardness to kind of maintain that muscle mass if you're in a really, uh, you know, crazy calorie deficit, but other than that, I really think that if you're a bikini competitor and you need a lot of drugs, you are doing something
2: else very wrong in your plan. So
3: you know, one that I like uh, is Abolic by a Dante's company.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. You, you were you were experimenting with that before, right? Uh,
3: I use it personally daily, but I mean, I like it with my b- bikini girls. Like, it I, doesn't I just doesn't ordered
2: anything. some because I wanted to see
1: how yeah. it how it works. You're going to
3: feel a little more pump, and you're going to lean out more. I mean, you're going to yeah. see the power of it uh, now. At four caps start there, Jamie, but really yep. six to eight is when the magic happens. And okay. uh, he's, he's got a uh, code. If you buy two and you uh, do abolic free, you get a third one free. So I okay. mean, you can run a nice little bit at six, six a day. You'll yep. see it. And I mean, it works really well for my bikini girls because there's no viralization. It doesn't affect right. their, their free or total test. Yep. Uh, and it's a nice little addition. And it's, it's only just going to top off their training. They're going to feel a little more pumps. So they can connect better, but it's not var. I mean, I'm not saying it is. But yeah. that's all they really need is a little ed- a little extra edge really.
2: Right. Is right. It- yeah. Is it a natural supplement or is it considered PD? It's
3: con- it's considered a natural supplement. It's oh. not banned in any orgs I don't think yet, but you would have to check. Um, yeah. but it doesn't affect labs. Like I've looked at labs and I just don't see any negatives.
1: Yeah, I, I actually like when I get it, I want to get my blood work done before. Yeah, do it. Let and me then I'm going to get anything. blood work like yeah. during. Yeah. I don't, so I, I, I want to do seen some experiments. On, on my. Yeah.
3: And so a lot of them are willing to do that, you know, once they research it and realize. But, you know, um, I, I'm with Jamie. Like, if you're at the amateur level, like, you don't need VAR. I mean, like, no. it went an overall before maybe you consider five or 10 MIGs and go for your pro card. Right. But even then, like, why not give it a try? before you use it, you know. So Yeah.
1: And I I really truly believe that every woman who competes and wants to use anabolics compete first naturally. Yes,
3: 100%. Compete
1: first naturally and see see what you don't need. Yes. Because you can probably get a lot further than you think without the drugs. But once you start adding the drugs, you think you always need them. And that may not always be the case. So that's, that is definitely should be number one is before you even, you know, start to get into it, do at least one show where you compete naturally.
3: Yep. Agreed. Yeah.
0: Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. I really well, thank you. That. I hope that you I uh,
1: I gave you guys and everyone some good information. No,
0: you Definitely. gave us think, awesome information. Good. Yeah. good. yeah.
1: Good. Awesome.
0: Jeff, I appreciate you guys him. having me on. Yeah, no, uh, everyone, if you guys are wanting to listen to Jamie talk in depth about uh, PED use and women, April 4th, Nashville, Tennessee at Iron House Strength and Conditioning. Um, we got a great lineup. Be sure to check www.physiqueeducationcollective.com. Uh, Jamie will be there, Laura Conlon, myself, Jason, Sue, Vince, Pitstick, and Austin Stout. Yep. It's going to be great. Um, Coronavirus isn't
2: stopping us. Nah, no, nope. it's not. We've actually, I think, <laughs> got
0: like, at least maybe 15, 20 signups already,
2: which is huge awesome. for us. That's right? good be because
3: eight. usually it powers in like the last 10 days. Yep. So. Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Jamie,
2: weren't you yeah. at the Atlanta one? Yep. Yep. Yes, yeah. I was. I yeah. From, yeah.
0: Jason yeah. and I extended her the invite. Yep. Um. the other thing is guys we've got like a bunch of review- new reviews coming in me and Sue are going to get together uh, later this week because the tornado put me behind a little bit and figure out who are going to win our two free uh, phone consultations that Sue and I will do with y'all who left reviews mm. you have to leave a written review for us to know t- who to pick and then we'll gladly do that and go from there
3: don't they have to snapshot awesome. it and send it yeah, to yeah sorry TV. Snaps-
0: Yeah. be sure to screenshot it tag and the TDC and tag us so that yep. way we know yep Guys, thank you all awesome. so much, and uh, Jamie, I look forward to seeing you here in a few weeks here in Nashville. Yes. Yes. I
1: know, me too. I'm so excited.
0: Absolutely. Well, you guys have yourself a great day.
3: Yep. You all too. right. See you, guys. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.